The postseason is here, and the Ringer NBA show has you covered with Real Ones, Group Chat, The Answer, and Ringer NBA Postgame. Check out the Ringer NBA show on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, you know the deal. COVID-19 vaccines have become available to the general public. Getting vaccinated is the first step to getting back to all the things we miss most. I know some of you who are hesitant um, probably are met with scorn and shame uh, from people who just think you should get the vaccines, no question asked. I understand why you could have some of that hesitancy. It's totally reasonable to want to have answers before you go through with this. I'm fully vaccinated. C is fully vaccinated. I could tell you, you know, firsthand, it's been such a relief um, to get to see loved ones again without worrying about the virus, meeting up with friends, going out to eat. You know, those social activities are their own form of therapy um, and feeling protected because of the vaccine allows me to truly enjoy those activities without worry. And uh, I, I do think, you know, you'll have a similar experience. So it, it's all good to have questions. You know, should I get it? Is it safe? Should I wait? It's totally reasonable to have those questions. You should not be scorned or shamed for having them. And another place you can get the facts, go to getvaccineanswers.org so you can make an informed decision Go to getvaccineanswers.org so you can go ahead and make an informed decision. I'd highly uh, suggest checking out that website uh, if you've been on the fence about it. What's up, everybody? We're back. R2C2, another special edition, late night. What's going on? Late night, man. We decided we didn't want to record Wednesday before game six was played between the Suns and the Clippers. And so we're recording late. I mean, for both of us, it's almost midnight. See, the game, there's about four minutes left, but the Suns have a 21-point lead, so we decided we were okay to start recording. And we just said, well, we got to press record now because as we were setting up, getting ready to record, doing our banter, man... Pat Bev and Chris Paul just <laughs> got into it. I mean, you guys, I'm sure, have all seen this now by the time you listen to this Thursday morning. We know new episodes of R2C2 every Thursday. Patrick Beverly just gave a full-on two-hand shove in the back of Chris Paul, sent him flying to the floor, got kicked out of the game. Yeah, that was wild. I feel I feel like I feel like Pat Bev got Pat Bev right there. I feel like, you know, <laughs> well, I mean, that, that's what Chris Paul does though. That's like the ultimate Chris Paul move right there. But he said something personal to Pat Bev where he like Pat Bev didn't give a fuck when he was getting kicked out of a playoff game right there. Like I, I don't know what it was, but he said he he gave him a little something, a little jab uh that got under his skin quick. That was that was that was crazy. Which, just for context, for those who, who went to bed and haven't stayed up, you know, the 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 Suns have... It, it was a close first half. Third quarter, Suns built a double-digit lead. Clippers cut it down to seven, and then Chris Paul, between the end of the third and the beginning of the fourth, just absolutely took the game over. The way he does, I swear. I mean, see, he hits more momentum-busting or momentum-extending buckets than I think anybody... In the NBA, and that, and that's like obviously there's no, <laughs> there's no tangible evidence, but that's just my experience watching him. I swear this dude always hits 
these momentum daggers. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, and just on the road, too. Like, what they've been able to do on the road, I think, for the Phoenix Suns is it's such a young team, but they don't play young because of, of CP3. You know what I'm saying? Like, they, I mean, you know, Booker and, and you know, DeAndre Ayton, these guys are, are young in, in their career, but they play like vets and, and you know, they, they get great shots, but it's all because of CP3 setting them up. Yeah, I, 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 he's he's just, I mean, he's he's an all-time great, he's an incredible player, and we think about, right, his passing, but then he, I mean, in the mid-range, he's just ridiculous. In like, the mid-range, he's ridiculous. Oh. And you know what's crazy about the mid-range or, or, or like, mid-range shots is, like, that's dead, right? It's supposed to be dead in the NBA. But the best, all the best players shoot mid-range shots. And you know what I'm saying? But they just make them all. Yeah, like. <laughs> exactly. Like, and, and especially in the playoffs, they shoot them, right? Yeah. If, if you think about Kawhi, KD, KD all these LeBron, guys. That's Chris all they Paul. do. Yep, Paul George, yeah. Dude, but it, but just, so Chris Paul's going on one of those runs. He, he, he's, he has a, a four-point play. I mean, and the league gets into the 20s. And the Clippers take a timeout with about five and a half minutes to go. And as Chris Paul's walking by Pat Beverly, he just says something in his ear and Pat Beverly turns around. What? And then as Chris Paul's walking back to his huddle, two hands in his back, boom, shoves him right to the ground and gets kicked out of the game. That I now we gotta know, like, hopefully it gets revealed what was said. I hope Absolutely. he I hope it's that, revealed. That, that'll never be revealed. I don't think. You know, you don't saying? think so? But, but but even just before that, like before that hat like before we, you know, we talked about whatever Chris Paul said to him. It's just like Pat Bev, like his energy that he brings to every series. It's just annoying, you know what I'm saying? Like whether, you know, you're watching the Warriors or whatever, like just whatever series, you know, that he's playing in playoff series. But he, to his credit, he's always playing in the playoffs. Yeah. And he's always playing in these big moments, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, it, you, know you got to give him credit for that. But just it's just annoying as hell. Like he's, you know, he broke Devil Booker's nose. Yeah. Wasn't his fault, but like I mean, I just seen like I seen some like a meme on Instagram where it just said like Pat Bev is the ultimate black Air Force One energy at the park. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like it's just all black Air Force Ones at the park, just running up and down, fucking playing defense super hard on everybody. Like relax, cuz like he, chill out, bro. He 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 honestly like. When my team's going up against him, I get nervous he's going to injure somebody. I that's really do. That's what I, I'm saying. Like, I really do. Especially, like, I always have that image of him hurting Russell Westbrook in the playoffs, undercutting him at the scorer's table. Yeah. Dirty, that, dirty, dirty play. And it's I like. I mean, but even, but even, like, you know, he had a play even earlier in the season with Chris Paul. Chris Paul flopped a little bit where he, you know, but yeah, he kind of yeah. undercut him. So, like. Like, shit happens around him all the time. You know what Damn. I'm saying? Like, I, I don't want my guys anywhere I, near I, him. I, I, I wouldn't, I don't think I would call him like, I don't know if, I don't, I don't know if oh, I would he, call him dirty. He's, he's dirty. Yeah, he's I guess. Dirty. I, he's dirty. He, he, he's also like, look, he's the kind of dude that gets under your skin regardless, right? Yeah, but, yeah. And, and some of that's within the bounds, but I think he's dirty too. I think he's like, he's pushing it as far as he can push it, you know? Yeah. yeah. But, What's great is I just watching Chris Paul come out of this game screaming as he came out of the game. See, he ended up scoring 31 second half points. 31 in the second half for Chris Paul 
at Staples Center against his former team, the Clippers, to punch his ticket to his first ever finals. That's pretty wild, man. Yeah, it is crazy that he that he you know he had to beat the Clippers to get there. Uh, just after everything that he went through, and you know, even like being able to to do it in the West, like you know, with LeBron and and Steph, and you know, he just thought it was one you know it's never going to happen in the West, and you know, for him to be able to get there is crazy. Well, we thought he'd always hurt something, right? Like. It was like clockwork. Chris Paul's team gets to the second I mean, round. And boom, there goes year, a hamstring. You know, this year it was it was even COVID. Like you get to the yeah. Western Conference Finals, and it's like this guy's not gonna play in the in the in the you know in the conference finals, guys. Like as snake. a vaccinated dude too, like yeah. a, a, like a snake bitten. You know, but but man, you know he. I, I have to say, see, there is something about. As a sports fan, regardless of who I'm rooting for in a given series, there's something about wanting the greats to have the moments they deserve sort of like for their legacy and their greatness. And it was how I felt even about like when LeBron won his first championship. And at the time, I was rooting very hard against the Miami Heat at that time. And but but there was a part of me when he won it that was like, my sports universe feels set right a little bit because that dude's supposed to win. You know, same thing with him then winning in Cleveland. Like, that's supposed to happen. But, this, but Chris, it, Chris Paul's supposed to play in the finals. You I was know? about to say, but is it just him getting to the finals or does he need to win? I think him just getting to the finals makes it feel all right to me. Yeah. You know, like, it's how I feel about Giannis, too. Like, Giannis needs to be, like, my universe won't feel right until that dude, a two-time MVP, plays in the finals, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I don't know. Do you have that where there's certain guys, whether you root for them or not, where you feel like, yeah, like I need to see them do that because it only feels right. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, for me, like that time had passed for me for Chris Paul, just because like his era and those guys, you know, just like for me, it, it'd be shocking to see Melo do it now. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Because at this point, like D Wade's retired LeBron, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, that, yeah, yeah, you guys, didn't think it'd come like, now. Yeah. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? So uh to see it happen for him now is pretty cool. But yeah, I mean, I there are certain guys like that. Um Gian, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, Giannis is one of them. He's um, young still, so it doesn't yeah. quite like but I'm saying. You imagine- know, for me, I I, I want to see Russell Westbrook, man, like playing yeah. like, in the finals. Just because of how hard he works and like how you know, how much he gives him himself, I, I feel like, you know, yeah, watching as yeah. a fan. Um, yeah. And, like, how much he gives him himself to the game. So uh, he's one of the guys that I would like to see, like, back in the finals. There. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, It is crazy to think about, like, those three dudes getting to the finals together in OKC. Yeah. And, and Russell that, and Harden like, haven't I, been I, back. I don't even count that though. Like I know it was, they, they were, were so they're babies. Young. That's why I don't. Yeah. Ca- I don't. I don't count LeBron's uh, first one against the Spurs either. Yeah, like that shit was just. I mean, you know, they were so young. These playoffs, as the Suns now are officially in the finals, and I think they're a fascinating story, and I'm very interested to watch them and and see what they do in the finals. And I'm happy for Chris Paul because he's been incredible and the way he's elevated this team, and he deserves this moment. Um, these final, these playoffs have kind of like, th- there's been two themes for me, see, um, 
that stand out. One, obviously, is all the injuries, right? Like in this series, the Clippers didn't have Kawhi. We know the Eastern series is different if the Nets had a healthy Harden and Kyrie. Who knows what happens with Suns-Lakers if AD doesn't go down. We also saw, um, you know, the Hawks have to win a game without Trey Young, which they did. Now Giannis's knee. There's been a ton of injuries. That has been a theme. But one thing on that, like some people try and say like, oh, put an asterisk. Oh, it's illegitimate. No, 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 no. Like that happens in sports. It sucks, but it's not an asterisk. It just sucks. It just sucks to see injuries, but you can't like not count the title. Yeah, who I, I haven't seen anybody saying putting ashes on it, but like I, I have seen LeBron kind of complaining about the season starting really fast. Um, yeah, and them not getting enough rest. But it is what it is. Like guys get hurt, you know, all the time, especially this late in the season. You know, it's just one of those things. But no, a title's a title, especially like this, like last year and this year, even yeah. more. Yeah, fighting through the shit that they like, like putting on. Like I feel like. Fans should be even more inclined to count this as a title because they entertain your stupid ass. And we have <laughs> we, we we have nothing to do. These motherfuckers went to the bubble to go entertain us, guys. Like they wasn't going, like you know what I'm saying? Like yeah, man, yeah, they were going to, to play, but like, bro, that was like entertainment for us. So like, fans should be more appreciative of what these guys went through, understanding them being away from their families, and you know, I think I feel like. Fans should more have, a, have have more of an understanding of like the human side of the players, just because of we were all locked up, and these guys yeah. chose to go and play at, at a time when their when their families are locked up. So the so the, the the title should count even more, and and fighting through that this year even more so. And they're still going through COVID protocols, you know. Like for a lot of us, we're starting to like reemerge in our worlds, and things feel a lot looser. You know, these guys are still going through crazy protocols as they go through the playoffs. That's wearing, and this is a taxing year mentally, emotionally, as well as physically. So, yes, I totally agree. And the other part of that is, see, you know, if it ends up Suns-Bucks in the finals and Giannis is healthy, right, and, and the Suns uh, have their pieces all healthy as of now, that's that still feels like two very legitimate contenders getting to the finals, right? It'd be one thing if two teams emerge that, you know, you weren't expecting to get there and they got there really just because of injuries, whatever you'd feel. You, you wouldn't you wouldn't delegitimize the title, but you wouldn't feel it just wouldn't feel quite the same. But son, if it's Suns Bucks, that feels very much like a, a finals matchup to me. The Hawks maybe a little bit different if they get there and Giannis isn't healthy these last yeah. couple games. But but otherwise, you know, even them, they've proven to be an outstanding team, much better than people realize. Man, I'd be super surprised if Giannis is going to be able to play, man. That that was like a, like a nasty, like, fall or whatever. Have you ever had a hyperextension before, C? Yeah, a lot. Ha that's what that's what, ha what happened to me all the time. Um, and ha how long would that usually keep you out? It just depends. Like, the way he did it, his was just so violent. You know what I'm saying? Like, mine would just be, like, a little, like, tweak like that, like, on the mound. And if I, you know, once I did that, then my, my knee would be hurting for weeks. You know what I'm saying? But, yeah, it's, it's one of those things where, like, his was so violent. Could you play just, with it, though? Yeah, but, like, cutting and moving around and, you know, it, I don't know. It, yeah. it, just, it just depends on how bad it was, and it looked pretty bad. You know what I'm saying? I, it, one other thing on the injury front, I, I think sometimes people 
talk about past eras of basketball and they try and say, hey, scoring was, you know, so much harder in the era of Michael Jordan when you could hand check, stuff like that, right? Oh, game was so much more physical. The defense was was so much better. You know, those are things you often hear from basketball fans when they're talking about this era and comparing it to eras of the past. But one thing I truly believe, see, it has never, ever been remotely as taxing on the body to be an NBA player as it is right now. Now, I say that regardless of the quick turnaround this year, regardless of the condensed schedule. I say that because the game has more spacing to it than ever before. These guys, of course, just natural evolution of an athlete, these guys are more athletic than ever before. But they're also asked to cover ground like never before. You know, defensively, you used to be able to, because of the play through the post, you could catch a breath on defensive possessions back in the day, right? If Patrick Ewing's going to take 15 seconds backing someone down and I'm on the weak side, right, I could be engaged without really taxing myself physically or energetically. In today's NBA, where it's pick and roll, drive and kick, swing, swing, everybody's spaced. We have four guys outside the three-point line at all times. Watch how quickly these guys have to, you know, have to recover and switch and recover, right? Close out and recover. I mean, they're being asked to do things that no other NBA players ever have before this era. And I just think that that is ridiculously taxing on the body when you're asking them to do this. And so to your point, see, about this time of year, no matter what the schedule was, when you get to the playoffs, guys are, their bodies are exhausted. Like, I think it's going to be even more important for the NBA next year to build in extra days between games and series in the playoffs because of the way these guys are asked to cover ground defensively throughout the course of a season now. Yeah, for sure. And, and I just worry about, like, the season's going to start on time again, so I worry about the teams that had late runs into the playoffs. Yeah. Like, like, and you know, the guys that are playing in the Olympics, like somebody's always going to be behind now because of the COVID year mm-hmm. and, you know, choosing to start back on time, you know, and the guys not wanting to like push the season to a different time. It, it's going to, it's going to always make somebody be behind. If that makes sense. Like somebody's always going to be, you know, whoever makes that late run into the playoffs. Yeah. 100%. And, and look, I, I don't think that, they had any better options. I think they kind of had to do it this way. No, they had to come back because this is what the guys wanted. Yeah, exactly. Nobody was saying, Hey, I'll take 50% of my money and you know, and you could start in March. Uh, but to your point, see, I I think that you're right. Like some teams are always going to be feeling the effects. And this was one of the points I made about the nets losing to try and make myself feel better is, I was saying, you know, if you're going to lose, you're better off losing earlier in the playoffs, in their case, game seven of the second round, than you are losing in game six of the finals. Because if in your mind only winning a championship is going to satisfy you, right? Because whoever loses the finals, that's going to be a quick turnaround and a hard road back to that moment next that's season. What I'm, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. It's going to be rough. Who? Whoever loses in the finals, I, I bet you probably won't even make the playoffs next year. 
or they make it and they're knocked out really Far early. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, teams are going to have to be like back to backs. Like this, you know, you you can't complain about guys sitting back to backs after the way. To your point, see, they're always going to be catching up to the pandemic schedule. You know, the and the other big takeaway for me from these playoffs, man. You know, outside of Suns Bucks Hawks stuff, you know, the injuries obviously, but. And and how it's not delegitimizing anything. It just sucks. It's you know it, it just is what it is. But but it's still all credible. But it is I think we've seen players in losses do a lot for themselves, and just like helping to not that they needed it necessarily, but people understanding their value and maybe helping legacies to a certain degree. Paul George is one of them to me. Like, Paul George has gotten clowned for playoff losses in the past, right? But I don't know how you don't walk away with anything but respect for him after what we've seen in this series. Yeah, no, he had he had a good series. But then there, there are people that could be like, well, he missed the fucking free throws, too. So it's like... Yeah, yeah. He, he always leaves you with something. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, <laughs> you're, you're right about that. And that game, too, was killer, no doubt. But I think overall, seeing what he was able to no, do without he, Kawhi. He, yeah, he had a yeah. great he had a great series without yeah. Kawhi in, and, in, the, in the Western Conference Finals. You know what I'm saying? And I think for Durant, I don't think his legacy needed anything. But I think the way Durant played in that series, people gained, if it was even possible, even more respect for Durant. I think they'll... Like, when they look at that series, no one's going to look at, like, oh, that's a second-round loss. They're going to be like, my gosh, KD almost single-handedly beat this team that could go on to win the NBA Finals and the Milwaukee Bucks. You know, they're going to think about playing every minute of Game 5 and every minute of Game 7 and the 49 and the 48 points. And I think it just adds to his legacy and the fandom around him and sort of, you know, he shines. Like, you know, Jaley Rose talked about the other day. He's the people's champ of these playoffs. And I think that's kind of true. I think people walk away like even bigger fans of KD. I think people walk away bigger fans of Harden too because yeah. people understand how much that the Nets needed him and yeah. how much he changed his game from, you know, the Rockets Harden to the Nets Harden and, you know, how much of that would have played into them winning the championship. So, yeah, both of those guys, I mean, Brooklyn in general, um, you know, I, I think everybody wanted this to be a failure for them, but it, but it wasn't. Yeah. And, and and see how about where you're at right now with Bucks Hawks at two two. Man, it's crazy. It just depends on who can come back healthier. Like if Trey can get back and be healthy, but a bone bruise fucking hurts, man. Yeah. Like I know, like you know, that's just like it's just deep soreness. So I know that like that's going to be tough for him to be cutting around on. And then, like I said, it just depends on if Giannis can get back with that hyperextension because that looked nasty too. And he tried to, you know, come back out and obviously that, that, you know, his knee was hurting him. So it, it honestly really just depends on who can come back healthy. But if, if neither one of those guys play, then I think the Haw- the Hawks have a better chance, which sounds crazy, but yeah, have a better chance of winning. I agree with you. I think if neither one of them plays the Hawks too, I think ultimately Giannis will find a way to play in game six and seven, even if he doesn't play in game five. And I think the Bucs will find their way to the finals. And and I think Bucks suns will be a phenomenal finals. But, you know, what Atlanta has shown us, right, is, like, it's hard for people to break down their preconceived notions about teams. We've all seen Atlanta for years as this team that was good in the regular season, 
but had a playoff ceiling. We saw it in the Joe Johnson years. We saw it in the Mike Budenholzer years there with, you know, Jeff Teague and Corver and winning 60 games and being a one seed, right? Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And and we kind of can't shake that. But I'm telling watching Atlanta this year, I they were one of the most impressive teams I, I saw. And I saw the way they gave the Nets fits. They have a lot of talent. And if you look at Trey Young as a superstar, right, instead of just a really nice player, if you look at him as a superstar and then you start looking at the pieces around him, like those are really good auxiliary pieces to put around a superstar. They're athletic. They're two-way guys. They can hit shots. Like there's there's six or seven guys who you feel really good about putting on the court around a guy who's proven to be a superstar in Trey Young. Yeah, and, and I was hearing uh... – Vince Carter break it down, talking about the Hawks and and what they were able to do and how they were able to put, you know, guys around Trey since he's gotten into the league and, you know, just seeing how he's matured into the superstar and what they've seen down there. And now we've getting to see him on a a national stage and, you know, how they've made these trades. And, you know, they they traded for Clint Capella and they traded for Lou Williams and everybody's like, what the fuck are the Hawks doing? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And now you look around and you're like, oh, that's what they were doing. You know what I'm saying? They were putting some guys around who they who they knew to be a superstar. So, um, yeah, kudos to that front office to, for them to be able to to recognize what what they needed and and um, in a in a roster around their young player. And um, you know, I think other franchises can look at that and and you know take note and see you know just just knowing their personnel and knowing exactly what their guy needs. And if the Hawks, um, the Hawks can keep this team together, which they have guys on contracts where they should be able to for a while, they're going to be a they're going to be a force. Like they're not. This isn't just a oh somehow the Hawks made it to the Eastern Conference Finals or maybe the finals. No, no, no. This team's going to be good for a while. They're going to be a top four team in the East for a really, really long time. Yeah, I can see that for sure. I mean, it, I mean. The roster's young, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like the roster's young enough where, besides Lou Williams, and he feels like he's young. The rest <laughs> of those guys are pretty young, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, right. Herder, Reddish, Hunter yeah. is hurt right now. Uh, Bogdanovich, which was a great signing this past off season. Obviously, Trey Young, John Collins, John Collins, Ca- yeah. Capella. You know, I mean, Gallinari's Capella. older, but you know he's still got a he's got a little, you know. He's still got years left of effectiveness. Gallinari and Lou Williams may be the oldest two guys on that on that roster, you know. Yeah. Which is crazy. Did you see did you see Balmer's reaction with his friends when the Clippers were going on that run tonight? Nah. All right, you gotta I sent it pull do you got your phone in front of you? Nah, but oh uh, so uh Carter got you, it. Okay, all right. It it is, dude. He, <laughs> it's ridiculous, man. It is ridiculous. I, he, during um the third quarter run where the Clippers cut it to seven, he's going nuts, which I love how enthusiastic he is. Yeah. And he's got two friends next to him. And he's, he's slapping his friends. He's like going nuts, slapping his friends, but he's slapping his friends in the nuts. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> he's slapping his friends in the nuts and then he's literally full fist 
grabbing their thighs. He's, he's slapping their nuts and he's full fist grabbing their thighs. And it is, yeah. it is ridiculous. It is oh, ridiculous. So I, I saw somebody, somebody um, uh, commenting and saying, so, so imagine telling your friends, here's the deal. I'm gonna get you. I'm gonna get you courtside seats. But, but, but when we go on a run, I gotta be able to punch you in the nuts. <laughs> Guess what, guys? I'm out on that. I'm gonna watch the game from the couch, guys. My TV is looking pretty good right about now. Oh my gosh, dude! You gotta oh, see this. It's unbe- unbelievable. It's gonna be a gift forever, man. It's hard to be a cool owner, guys. Like you know what I'm saying, oh. like. Yeah, Cuba, man. Cuban does it right. Cuban does it yeah. right. But you know what's funny, man? I could not, if I if I was sitting there, I know how invested I am, you know, with my teams and obviously having a connection, the Yankees having a connection, the Nets. Like, I, it would be so hard for me as an owner to sit there and keep cool. Like, I don't know if I'd be nut punching my friends, but I would have a really hard time staying cool during the game. Oh, no. I mean, bro, are you crazy? I'll be going bananas. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, any any, any invest in, 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 into the game, like, and it's a big game, I'm going bananas. Like, I'm I'm in the Carter's games. I'm in the Little C's games. Like, I'm, yeah, no no doubt. I mean, I'll be the biggest fan ever, for sure. You know what's funny is that when I was uh, covering the Yankees last week and I was down on the field talking to the guys, and uh, PJ and Marcus, uh, Marcus Tim PJ Pilateri, the uh, uh, hitting coach, Marcus, and assistant hitting coach, and PJ, they both said to me, they're like, they thought you were going to get kicked out of the game when you were sitting front row. And, uh, <laughs> and, and that when the ump had that horrendous uh, game with those calls, not this past time when you're sitting Boston. front row for Otani, Boston. Yeah. yeah, and they were like, we C was getting after him. We thought he was going to get kicked out of the stadium, man. Yo, I, that was my first time going to the game, and so I was just too into it. You know what I'm saying? Oh my god! This gosh. last time with Otani, I was a little—I uh, guess I was a little less into it. But yeah, no. When I when I'm when I'm at the game, like I'm I'm in the game. You know what I'm by saying? The, like, yeah, I I'm, love I'm it, yelling man. this shit way, like I'm in the dugout. Uh, by the way, uh, your boy Otani went yard for you, man. Today? Well, no, at the game you were at. Oh yeah, you know what? My fat ass missed it. I was in there eating at Legends. Legends oh, is, no, man. Legends is oh, such no. a distraction because I missed I missed it. <laughs> but I wasn't even mad because no. I was in Legends I was eating. Oh, you know oh man. You missed the home run. I missed the so, homer, cuz. Le- Legends is great. I oh, mean, it Legends. really is. It's such a distraction. I got to start going to the game at 6. Oh, yeah, so you I do. So you get your food. Hour, so, you know you, so, you, so you go there to see Otani homer and you miss it. And I missed it. But oh, I wasn't even God. mad because you go there to eat legends too. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like eat eat legends is part of it's part of it. So like you know, like the Homer and, and Legends, you know, I mean you can't have it all sometimes, no. you know. But so Legends won out. Legends went out. But but you know, you go for both things. You go for legends and you go to see, you know, the game. So it is what it is. I just gotta get there earlier so I can see more of the game. Our friend Matt Siegel, who went with you, uh he he Posted a very disturbing pic about all the sunflower seeds underneath your your seat, man. You Yo, go through a lot of seeds, bro. That was light, cuz. Oh my gosh. Yeah, and, and savage. I mean, yeah, that was light. That was some. I was very no, it's, impressed it's, and no, alarmed. It's, crazy. it's 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 at least like, I mean, during a game, during a regular game, it could be five or six bags, easy. Wow, 
man, that's crazy. That is amazing. Uh, did you yeah. see KD while you were there? Yeah, you were I sitting saw near him. you guys, yeah? Yeah, yeah. You say, I saw him. You I saw say him what up? Yeah, I got a chance yeah. to say what's up. Yeah. Yeah. Did you tell him you're a diehard Nets fan now? Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm sure he knows that. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. But he, yeah, it was good. You you know, he's he's become a massive baseball fan. Man, that's what I heard. Yeah. He he's doing a whole tour of all these MLB stadiums this summer. After which, the after the Olympics, huh? Yeah, yeah. Which and he's like he's into figuring out which stats are like the key stats, which I'm saying like he's got to come on R2C2 then to talk about this, man. Yeah, we'll get him on after he learns everything, we'll get him on. Yeah, we got to quiz him. Um Sure. See, uh one thing uh before uh we we wrap things up, um Gary Sanchez has been so good, as we talked about. And you talked about, you said, hey, he doubled the right center twice. That was, like, you know, key for you. You're like, now I'm just waiting for him to homer opposite field. He homered opposite field yesterday, see? So yeah. now you know he is all the way back, man. He's all the way back, and that ball was off the plate, too, that he hit. Yeah, so it was. Yeah, so he's covering, you know what I'm saying? That, that would be a ball... You know, a couple months ago that he would try to hit the left field and he would top high top over and hit it to third base. So, you know, to see him drive that ball to right center is good. That's that's a great sign. Man, I'm so happy for him because we know how hard he's worked. Yeah, for sure. And just seeing him bat third, man, I'm like, and every time he comes up expecting a hit, it's great to feel did that. Did the Yankees again with win Gary. tonight? Did they did they win today? So they're winning seven four in the bottom of the seventh, but they had an impossibly first of all, the game Otani got rocked in the first inning you just couldn't find the strike zone and stuff he got taken out in the first inning oh that and, he was walking people or he got or he gave, was giving it uh, up a little combination he was he he walked four gave up two hits gave up seven runs uh, in the first inning and now three three of them scored on a double that LeMay hit with bases loaded after he got taken out but he only lasted two-thirds of an inning got taken out and then this game has had two different rain delays that have no totaled shit. I don't know how it's like totaled nine hours. Not really, oh, but it feels like it. So the game was taken forever to begin with. Then they've had two rain delays. So see, they started back up. It's now 12-11 Eastern, and they're in the bottom of the seventh inning. Hey, listen. So, so you know, everybody asks me, oh, do you miss baseball? Fuck no. <laughs> I don't miss baseball. <laughs> they have it's, a day game tomorrow, too. It's 12 o'clock, and these motherfuckers playing uh, right now. Nah, oh, I don't miss man. that shit. Like, yeah. not even a little bit. That shit sucks, guys. You're, you're good on that. Sucks. I'm oh, good on man. that. I, I, but, <laughs> yo, that's, oh, that, that's my that, gosh. that first start at Yankee Stadium. Like, if, if this guy would have came out at Yankee Stadium and hit the three home runs in the first two oh, games man. and then came out through seven innings, gave what, he he's a fucking cyborg. This guy's a robot. Like, nobody can do that on this stage. Like, it's hard to come to the stadium and, and being, you know what I'm saying? Like, he's so, crazy, man. Yeah. So for him to have like that hitting debut that he had at the stadium, like, no way he can come out and pitch the way he did. It's hard. It's hard to, it's, and it's hard to pitch in the stadium for the first time. So you want to pitch well. You, you know, you want to put on the show and all this shit. You know, I, I, everybody had their struggles that first time at the stadium. He, but it if, was cool. You know, everyone there was there to watch him tonight, too. Big yeah, crowd, he knows that. Crowd you know what I'm saying? I, yep. Yeah. He knew that the yep. last two nights. You know yep. what I'm saying? Yep. And he was able to put on the show, so he wants to do the same thing pitching. But it's, it's the more you, the harder you try as a pitcher, the worse you're going to fucking get. 
Remember in spring training 2020, just before COVID, when you said Shohei Otani was the greatest baseball player you've ever seen yeah, and everybody yeah. thought you were crazy? And now everyone's like, you know what? I think CC Sabathia was right about that. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's giving you the receipts, man. Man, this guy's unbelievable, man. But, you know. I'm glad you got to see him in person, even if you missed the home run because you were chowing down in Legends. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. We pitched, we pitched him well after that. Yeah. We just got to, we got to score some runs. I mean, I'm glad we scored some runs tonight. But Yeah. and Tonight and yesterday, offense got going. Um, I uh, See, we got a book giveaway I want to tell our audience about. Uh, I also just got to give a shout out to my boy, Joe Panic. Got traded to the Marlins and debut homered his first at bat with Miami oh, nice. tonight. Is, yeah. What is he playing? Is he playing second? He's playing third right now. Oh, because uh, Jazz plays second. Yeah, exactly. So he's playing third, and they have an injury. So he, he, I think he's going to get some regular time. He had another ribby hit, too. And he grew up idolizing Derek Jeter. He gets to you know, play for Don Mattingly and Derek Jeter. So I think that'll be cool for him, man. Yeah, that'd be cool. That'd be a cool experience. Um, See, all right, your book is coming out. July 6th. That's July next week. July 6th, yeah. Yeah. Till the End uh, is the name of the book. Comes out July 6th, but five lucky people, R2C2 listeners, can win a copy by going to the sweepstakes page, which we are going to link in our bio on Instagram and Twitter. Okay, so go to R2C2's Instagram and Twitter page. We're going to have a, a link with Penguin Random House, and five lucky people are going to win a copy of C's book. The five winners will be announced in two weeks on July 15th. No purchase necessary. Enter between July 1st, 2021 and July 14th, 2021. Open to U.S. residents 18 and older. Void where prohibited or restricted by law. But we're excited to do uh, that uh, giveaway, C. So till the end, make sure you check it out on our Instagram and Twitter um, in, the, uh, in the bio page. Well, um, you enjoy um, Alabama, I believe you're at, right, for baseball? Oh, baseball, yeah. Yeah, enjoy yep. that, yep. and we'll let the audience know that next week on R2C2, we are going to have Theo Epstein. So Theo Epstein will be our guest next week. We're going to get to ask him about all the different things baseball's trying to do to create more action in the game, uh, I think it's probably going to be one of our most listened to episodes. I think it's going to be one of our most exciting episodes and informative. We cannot wait uh, to chat with Theo uh, for next week's R2C2. So make sure you're following new episodes every Thursday, bonus episodes as well. And uh, make sure you go to Instagram and Twitter for um, uh, make sure you go to Instagram and Twitter for the um, uh, the book giveaway. All right. See, enjoy. Uh, enjoy watching a little C play. Appreciate it, man. Peace.